0: You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, how are we doing today, City Church? Good, man. Well, I'm so glad you came to worship today. I want to extend... uh, Special welcome to those of you that are guests that are coming to church, perhaps for the first time, maybe just rolled in here because uh, someone, you know, a friend promised you fajitas and margaritas after service or whatever. And so, man, I'm just glad that you came to worship with us today. And whether you're a longtime Christ follower or uh, you know you're just new to this, try to figure out if God is for real and legit, uh, I want to ask you if you're comfortable to do so uh, to pray with me. And when we do, I want to invite you to to hold out your hand and in, in a position to receive. From God today, and just repeat this prayer with me out loud. You ready? Here we go. Just say, "Holy Spirit, welcome." Holy Spirit, welcome. God, please speak to me today. God, to today. Amen. Amen. amen, amen. Well, I was uh, talking to some friends the other day, uh, and I was uh, it dawned on me the best decisions. That I've ever made. Now, certainly, I've made some poor decisions in my life, but some of the best decisions that I've ever made was one to follow Jesus, uh, two to follow, uh, not follow. I sometimes follow her, but to marry Jeannie. Uh, then, uh, number three, uh, best decision was to purchase the home that we currently live in. That was a great decision. Uh, number four uh, was to be a part of the team to start the Bandera Road City Church. Number five was. Uh, uh, some ten years ago to start this church city church downtown uh, and all of those decisions did not come to me because of my own know how ingenuity creativity uh, or resourcefulness all of those decisions came to me through another means that i 'm going to talk about here in just a minute but let me ask you this: what are the best decisions you ever made and a follow up question to that is how is it that you make the big decisions in your life? How do you come to the place where you make those decisions? How do you decide what you're gonna do for a career? How do you decide who your spouse is gonna be? How do you decide, like when you're supposed to change jobs or uh, how do you decide which next business deal? Or some of you who are younger, you're thinking, what am I gonna do next after high school? Am I supposed to go to college? How do you make that decision? What is it that gives you energy and motivation for your life? What is it that gets you to roll out of the rack every day uh, to to do life again? Uh, Well, this past week, we got a shout out from an internet sensation who's full of life and full of God. Uh, His name is Mike Servins. I wanted you to take a look at that little shout out.
1: Jesus Christ, we love you God Jesus Christ, I love you God Love each other, forgive each other, help each other And love your enemies, Jesus Christ That's right, City Church Downtown Today, be led by the Spirit Be led by the Spirit of God Romans 8:14. Those who are led by the Spirit Are the sons of God, are the daughters of God Are the children of God Jesus Christ, we love you God So be encouraged today And listen for God Listen for the spirit of God Jesus Christ Because you're known as Jesus Christ Because he knows how to get your attention Because nobody knows Your thoughts but you And nobody knows God's thoughts but God And nobody knows your thoughts but God Jesus Christ So be led by the spirit And be open minded To what God wants to do in your life Jesus Christ I love y'all he pushed you off for God because Jesus loves you. That's right, Jesus.
0: Yeah. So, in case you're new to church, you're like, what was that? Uh, just do a Google search for Mike Serving. Jesus Christ! You know, I love that dude. But, anyways, he was talking about the Holy Spirit that we're to be filled with, right? Um, and so, today we're starting a series called Windwalkers about. The Holy Spirit, and we'll also be practicing baptisms today, and we're going to see a convergence of baptisms and the Holy Spirit in our focal text today. Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 21. I'm going to be reading it from the complete Jewish Bible translation. It says, Well, all the people were being immersed, so when you get baptized, you get immersed. That's why we practice it that way. Yeshua, by the way, that Yeshua, that's Jesus, he too was Immersed. By the way, if, if Jesus wanted to get baptized uh, is is a thing. Maybe we should think about that's a good thing for us as well. If we should follow Jesus' example. In the next sentence it says, as he was praying, heaven was opened, and uh, look at this word for the Holy Spirit. It's Yiddish, Hebrew, uh, ruach Hakodesh uh, came down on him in physical form like a what? A dove, and a voice came from heaven. You're my son whom I love, I am well pleased with you. And what I want to focus in on is the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit there. This is the way that Jewish people understand Holy Spirit. Now, look, if if you want to understand the Bible, you have to understand the Jewish context and background of the Bible. That's why I'm showing you this word today. Look at it. "Rock hachodesh. It means breath or wind of God. Would you say this word, "Rock hachodesh, with me, really? You got to get the... Okay, hold up. I know you're excited, but wait till I point to you. In the video cafe, online, and here at the theater, here we go, ready? Ruach haKodesh. okay? And if the person in front of you got a little bit on the back of their neck, then you said it just right. Thank you for that. But it's like this holy wind, it's like a moving wind here, air in motion. Um, And at the creation, when God created dirt and then he took the dirt and formed it into a man, he breathed life. Into the man. The reason that you and I have life, that we're animated alive, is because of the wind of God at creation. Now, some of you are saying, and this is a good good point here, well, that's the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit, uh, but the New Testament was written in Greek. You would be correct. Um, and so I want to show you the Greek word for Holy Spirit, which is agion pneuma, and that means sacred or holy holy wind. And so the Jewish mind and the Greek thinking mind both talk about how the Holy Spirit of God is like this moving wind, a current of air. Uh, They both agree. And here's why I bring this up is because the thing that's helped me to make the best decisions I've ever made is when I've been in the wind, when I've been what we're going to call a wind walker. And so would you say those two words with me, wind walker, when I point to you, ready? Wind walker. That's what we want to learn to be during this teaching series uh, that we're starting today. We want to uh, be wind walkers, make the best decisions that we can that are directed by the winds of God's spirit. Now, we don't just follow any wind. Because there are other spirits out there, aren't there, that are not the Holy Spirit for sure. So we're focusing in on walking with the Holy Spirit of God. And some of you feel very disturbed and perplexed in your life. But when you're a wind walker, you don't feel disturbed, you feel direction. You don't feel perplexed, you feel peace when you're a wind walker. Now, I want to show you uh, several truths about Uh, walking in the wind, walking with the dove of the Spirit. But before I do that, let me give you a little cultural background. The Jewish people, the people of God, were living under Roman oppression at that time. And so the Romans were there. They were regularly being taxed most of their income. Uh, The people of God were experiencing violence all around them. They were subjected to uh, persecution and violence all the time. And the Roman symbol was the eagle. Uh, It's also in... Called the Aquila, uh, but I brought a picture of the Roman eagle on an ancient coin that I can show you. This was like the Roman logo or icon. It means like power. We're in control. And so, when Jesus comes onto the scene, what will His logo, if you will, uh, be? Uh, well, we saw it in the text that we just read. Remember from Luke three twenty two, the Ruach Hakodesh came down on him in physical form like a what? A dove. Jesus' symbol was a dove. You see this in early Christian art etched on the wall of a catacomb. I took this picture in Israel. I'll show it to you. It's of a dove. And when we make the Holy Spirit feel unwelcomed, we feel this dysfunction and perplexity in our lives. But when we make the Spirit feel welcome in our lives, we feel direction and peace in our lives. So I've been helped on this subject of the Holy Spirit as a dove from a guy who was the pastor of Westminster Chapel in London, England. Uh, He went to seminary at uh, Southern Seminary as well as Oxford. He's a brilliant guy. R.T. Kendall, he wrote this book, Sensitivity of the Spirit. And in this book... Uh, he surfaces the expertise of a guy named Pete Cantrell, who's a Cherokee Indian from Oklahoma. Cherokee is my tribe, so I got to represent it there. But Pete Cantrell has uh, for over 50 years raised pigeons and doves. He's an expert on these birds. And what he says is that turtle doves in the Bible are so different than other doves, like a White-tipped doves we have here in South Texas are more like pigeons than they are the turtle dove. He says that I sometimes question whether turtle doves should be in the same family as even other types of doves. Let me show you real quickly five characteristics of the turtle dove that we can compare to the Holy Spirit. Number one, unlike pigeons, doves never fight. Um, In fact, the turtle doves that he raises are always peaceful. They make this really gentle cooing noise. Number two, unlike pigeons, turtle doves can't stand noise. And if you ever walked around downtown, you see pigeons everywhere. They don't mind the noise of the city. Number three, unlike pigeons, turtle doves are not territorial. um, But pigeons will always fight for their place uh, uh, in, in a different area. Number four, turtle doves cannot be domesticated. Whereas pigeons can always be domesticated. That's why we have carrier pigeons. Number five, unlike pigeons, a turtle dove will mate with only one other dove for life. Isn't that interesting? Um, But to receive the peace that we're all looking for and the direction in our decisions as we learn to be wind walkers, we've got to learn this one truth. And I want to show it to you. And this is going to be our big idea for today. Do not disturb the dove. It's kind of three D's there, right? Do not Disturb the dove. Let's all say it together. Ready? Here we go. Do not disturb the dove. Okay, I'm gonna break that down in the rest of the time that we have Together. Now, here's what I need to acknowledge is that some of you men in particular are oozing with machismo. And uh, you're kind of uh, like me in that, man, the first, you know, animal that I want to be identified with is not necessarily the dove, okay? Uh, but what you got to understand is the dove is only one metaphor of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The Holy Spirit is also compared to fire, to oil, To rushing water and rushing wind, okay? Uh so you you have to respect the Holy Spirit. So even though the Holy Spirit is compared to a dove, you gotta understand that dove is packing, okay? And we must not disrespect the dove. You do not disturb the dove if you want to be a wind walker, walk in the direction of God. Now, let me show you five ways that we can receive direction and peace from the dove. Number one. Uh, understand that uh, what makes the dove fly. He flies when he's grieved or disturbed. And we get this from Ephesians. Look at chapter four, verse 30 through 32. It says, "'And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God "'with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. "'Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, "'brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. "'Be kind and compassionate to one another.'" forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Let me show you a practical way that this played out in my life last week. Okay, Uh, In my household, sometimes my wife and I have what I call spirited disagreements. (laughs) And the reason that we sometimes have these spirited disagreements is because Uh, We have a different philosophy of our stuff. Like, my wife is more sentimental with her stuff, and I'm less sentimental with stuff. I just want to get rid of that junk, right? I'm just like, get everything out of the house. I'm more of a minimalist. She's more of a maximalist, okay? So to her credit... Uh, she was cleaning out a room, and she was struggling with what to do with some of the things. And I could tell she was a little disturbed by it, and I was not very sensitive in the way that I walked into the room, or, I, you know, I had the conversation with her, and I'm uh, kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, I walk in there. I'm like, I know what to do with that junk. I'll just get rid of that junk. And I could see when I would speak about her stuff as junk, I could see her heart's anemone start to close, okay? And I realized I'd not only disturbed my wife, but I had disturbed and grieved the Holy Spirit. See? And and look, um, she let me know about it too, by the way. And I know what some of you guys are thinking. Some of you are thinking, well, you know, my wife's no dove. She's a buzzard. Okay, well, look. Look, men. There is a direct connection between how we treat our wives and the way the Holy Spirit will flow in our lives. You can even find passages where men's prayers aren't answered because they've not treated their wives well. Men, I want you to say it with me out loud. Do not disturb the dove when I point to you. Ready, men? Just the men. Ready? Do not disturb the dove. If we do that, we can be the flow and the direction of what God wants for our lives. Look at number next here. Uh, it, you do not always know when the dove is flown. That's number two. Um, we see this in the life of Samson. He was a guy who had this great strength and power that came from God as a warrior. And uh, one day he met this woman named Delilah. And when he was asleep at night, uh, the power, the source of his power was his hair because he'd made a Nazarite vow to grow out his hair. He probably had dreadlocks. And one night In his sleep, Delilah cut off his dreadlocks. And when he woke up, he didn't realize what had happened. He went to go fight that day, and he didn't have the unusual strength like he had had before. And what the Bible says is he did not know that the Lord had left him. Did you know that it's possible for you to grieve the Holy Spirit To disturb the dove, and he's flown from your life, and you didn't even know it. Look at number three: go where the dove flies. The Holy Spirit is like this turtle dove that cannot be domesticated. You can't say, Holy Spirit, here's what I want to do. So you need to fly this direction with me and empower what I want to do. It doesn't work that way. We must submit our lives to Holy Spirit. And look where Holy Spirit's moving, and then go to join him there. We see that in the story of Philip when he met an Ethiopian man. Philip had received this prompting from the Holy Spirit to walk up beside the carriage of an Ethiopian man. And as he's walking, he can overhear this Ethiopian man reading an Isaiah scroll. And then Philip explains to him the gospel from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, and the Ethiopian man trust Christ and nothing stops him from being baptized. He didn't have to go through a class. He didn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. It's just like, hey, I believed. And now I'm going down in the water to be baptized because Philip followed a spirit prompting. Philip saw where the dove was flying and followed it. And it reminded me of a time when I was on a business trip to Chicago. I was going through this management training and the the man who was facilitating the training told me, Doug, tomorrow I want you to come back and give a presentation on how we can help our account executives to believe in our sales and marketing strategy. And I thought, okay, I can go back to my hotel and work something up tonight. And so uh, I was doing that, and to my surprise and to my horror, Holy Spirit started prompting me, saying, Doug, I want you, as a part of your presentation, to share the gospel with that group of managers tomorrow in the corporate training room. And I thought to myself, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to do that. You're not supposed to proselytize in the, in the workplace. And Holy Spirit, don't you know I need this job? I've got to feed my family, right? I mean, Holy Spirit, don't you know that they're going to fire me? If I go in there and start talking about Jesus in the corporate training room, uh, then someone is going to fire me. And to make matters worse, I happen to know that one of our big corporate honchos from Los Angeles had flown in To Chicago, and he had fired six people that week. And I thought, Holy Spirit, if you want me to like get fired for Jesus tomorrow, uh, that is not something that I want to sign up to do. Um, But he kept prompting me. And so I thought, okay, it was nice having this job for for the time that I I did. And so I get into this corporate training room. I stand up in front of the managers to give my presentation. I work the gospel into it. You know, I had it all in my mind and I'm starting to talk. And as I begin my talk, guess who walks into that particular room? Mr. Big Honcho from corporate. He walks into the room. He kind of strolls to the back of the room and he twiddles a coin in his hand, contemplating how he can fire people and ruin their lives. (laughs) For the sake of the corporate machine. And I give my presentation as a part of it. I draw on the cross on that, uh, draw a cross on the marker board in that corporate training room. Share the gospel with these men, and I'm fully expecting as soon as it's over, um, from, someone from human resources is going to be waiting at the door with a you know security to escort me out, send me to the airport, not even pay for my flight home, you know. Uh, and it, but to my surprise, Mister Big, I watch how he's going to respond in the back. He starts to clap. And all the other kiss-up managers in the room had to clap, too. And so I shared the gospel and got uh, applause in the corporate environment doing so. But what's more is that the Chicago manager was so stressed out. I mean, he was like chain-smoking a million cigarettes. You know, he was so nervous all the time. And I was able to go into his office and pray with him and give him his first Bible. Um, And then several other of those managers asked if they could... Could pray with me and talk to me about the things of God because the dove was flying in that direction, and all I did was follow it. See. So that's how we experience the direction of the wind as wind walkers. But look at number four. The dove gives fruit. We get this from the classic text on the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5:22. Look at what it says. It says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. And the way that the Holy Spirit grows us in our lives is like botanical growth. Now, here's what happens. A lot of you watch internet videos or hear sermons of some person who tells this glorious testimonial where they were just instantly changed in a moment. And that happens. God does that. Did you know most of the time our spiritual growth happens like botanical growth over time? Have you ever planted a garden, you plant a seed and you wonder the next day why nothing has sprouted up? I mean, you got to wait, don't you? It takes time. That's why we grow like the acorn. If you watch the battle between the acorn and concrete, the acorn always wins. Look at this picture of when a little acorn somehow got wedged in underneath this concrete and time past many years passed and the tree which used to be an acorn cracked the concrete and that's the way we grow spiritually most of the time you know some of you i've been watching some of you for several years and you were a mess just a few years ago and as you've walked with god you didn't see a boom shazam change but over time you've grown and you're much more mature than you were just a couple of years ago Look at number five. The dove gives a window of opportunity before he flies. He gives you a window of opportunity in which to follow where he is going. That's why Hebrews 3, 7 says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, today, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. They refused to do what I tell them they will never enter my place of rest. And here's what happens to some people is that they're given a window of opportunity with which to respond to God, to go where the dove is flying, but they refuse because of their foolish pride and stubbornness, and they never enter into the peace, rest, and direction that God has for their lives. Now look, some of you, you come in here and you've been following God for a long time and here's what some of you think. You think, well, I've read those verses before. I've memorized some of those verses. So I don't need to do anything about this today. I already know that. You know, that. I already, I already know that spirit is the first thing that will shut down the work of the Holy Spirit and the dove will fly and you won't even know about it because you're stuck in your religious pride. Because you think you know it all. Church people are the worst because they think they know it all. And then they come to church like these little leeches. Feed me, pastor, feed me. Because I'm too lazy to study the Bible and learn it for myself and get on my knees and pray. And so come here and feed me. Give me knowledge of all this stuff that I don't know. No, I want you to do the stuff that you already know.
1: See?
0: Now look. look, check this out. And then there's some of you that you, you, someone brought you to church today and you're like, look, I just want this to be over. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't want to engage with the, uh, the little hocus pocus mystical exercises that you do there. I just want it to be over. But I want to ask you, please, look, I'm not going to yell at you. Okay. <laughs> but I just want you to ask you to consider that maybe this is for real because, When the Holy Spirit gives you a chance, you have to take advantage of the opportunity that He gives you. He gives you a window of time. And so what we're going to do now for all of us, whether you're a Christian or not, is we're going to do a little exercise called the Holy Spirit inventory. I'm going to roll down a list of things that make the dove fly, that disturb the dove. And if I touch on something in this list that maybe you've been involved with or that perhaps you struggle with, I wanna ask you to consider confessing it before the Lord today. And so let's bow our heads and close our eyes and I'll read this list. And as I read it, you think which ones of these things, if any of them, that you're dealing with today. Is anybody dealing with bitterness or unforgiveness? You're just so unforgiving towards someone that's hurt you. Anybody dealing with sexual sin or lust? Maybe you messed up, messed up this past week. Anybody dealing with gossip or slander, you've been trash talking other people. Anybody struggling with religious legalism, you keep trying to add these you know, religious practices on top of your relationship with God in order to earn God's love. Anybody dealing with self-hatred, you just hate who you are, you, you hate yourself. Anybody dealing with jealousy, jealous of someone else's life or their positions, what they have. Anybody struggling with outbursts of anger. Maybe you went off on someone this past week. Anybody dealing with substance abuse, man, you just went overboard with alcohol or some other substance that caused you to do things you regret. Anybody have an outburst of violence? I mean, you, your anger came out and you you went violent on someone. You you did some things physically that you really regret. Maybe someone else is struggling with unbelief and it's like you're just going to pray, man, God, help my unbelief. But if, if you've dealt with any one of these issues, bitterness, sexual sin, gossip, slander, religious legalism, self-hatred, jealousy, anger, substance abuse, violence, just pray something like this. God, by your Holy Spirit, Please forgive me of, and then you fill in the blank. Holy Spirit, please forgive me of the violence or the anger, the jealousy, sexual sin, bitterness, unforgiveness. Because I know that's not your best for me. I know that these things grieve you, cause you to fly. So please clear my vision so I can see you. And Holy Spirit is the people of God here today are the first in line to repent and turn towards you because of these different things. We know that oftentimes when we're getting real with you, Holy Spirit, that it causes you to blow in our direction. And it even affects those that are struggling to believe. And as we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want us all in our our hearts who are believers to pray now for those that have not yet believed. And as you're praying, eyes still closed, I can't help but sense that the winds of the spirit blew some of you here today so that you would have an opportunity to believe in Jesus today. And you're wondering, how did I end up here today, man? It was through a strange set of circumstances. I want to show you what's happening. As you look up at the screen, you'll see John 3, 8. It says, the wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And if the wind is blowing in your direction today, to begin a relationship with Christ, remember you have a window of opportunity and you know if your heart is moved towards him today. And I'd like you to just say something to him in your own heart and mind right now. Just say, look, God, I know I've sinned, but right now the best I know how I choose to believe that Jesus died on that cross for my sin God, I'm taking advantage of the opportunity that you have given me today to believe. So God, welcome into my life. Apply all the work of the cross to my heart and my life today. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Well, as we celebrate baptisms uh, today... I just want to say a couple of things. Those of you that are already registered to be baptized today, come on up and just uh, line up right down here in front of these stairs to the left of the stage. Um, And as I think a couple of people are registered to be baptized in this service. But I want to say a brief word while those who are uh, registered make their way down here to the stairs right now. Uh, Some of you look, some of you have believed today or believed at some other time. And it's like the Ethiopian eunuch. It's like you believed and there's no reason for you not to be baptized today. Don't wait till the planets align because remember today, if you hear the Holy Spirit's voice, do not harden your heart. And look, I'm not trying to be like manipulative and, you know, force you to, but what I know about my own human nature is that if I just say I'm gonna be baptized one of these days, one of these days turns into none of these days, doesn't it? unless you pick a day. And look, today is the day. I didn't make it up, we just read it in Hebrews. Today is the day if you hear the Spirit's voice. And so what you can do is just get up from your seat. As soon as, you know, I walk off stage, get up from your foot, walk to the lobby, get registered. It's not like we're gonna make you, you know, wear a Speedo in here, they got clothes back there for you. T-shirt and everything, shorts. So get up from your seat, go back there, get registered. You can be baptized along with these today. And look, I want to tell you something. As they come up and as they are baptized here, it's totally appropriate after each one is dunked under and risen up for you to hoop and holler and plod and a cheer because each one represents a child of God being adopted into the family. Have you ever been there with a family who just adopted a child and just received their child and they're exuberant about it? And that's the way we feel about each one of these who are now a part of the family of God. So let's worship if we enjoy some baptisms today, shall we? And Lord, it does transform us as we see the beauty of baptism New life has come. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And some of us remember the days when we were baptized and what it represented, the significant change. And we give all applause, credit, honor, and glory to you because you're worthy, Jesus. You're the one that made it all possible. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.